Welcome to the Relaxed Dog Podcast. The podcast where the dogs are the stars of the show. Welcome to episode 48 of the Relaxed Dog Podcast, sponsored by therelaxeddog.com. Thank you very much for finding this show. I am your host, Robert Ober, and I hope that you and your dog are well. This week's guest is Gemma Ford, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy listening to what she has to say. But first, in some doggy news, we go to Phoenix, Arizona in the U.S., and in particular a horse farm in Scottsdale, will soon have a new use. The uh, owners are transforming part of their horse stud into a hotel for dogs, with a little bit of a difference, being that their clientele will be the local homeless population. So they want to give somewhere where a homeless person can drop their dog off, the dog will be looked after until the person gets back on their feet, so to speak. And over in the UK, in Yorkshire, a golden doodle by the name of Dougie has started going to primary school. Now, a lot of people may be aware of the benefits of young children uh, reading to a dog and the improvements that they make, but the school principal has taken things to the next level and is taking Dougie to school three or four days a week and called him the school dog. He's interested in seeing just how many other benefits there are from having a dog at school uh, in the environment with young children and teaching them all sorts of other responsibilities. Uh, That should be uh, an interesting one to watch. And now to this week's interview. Welcome to the Relaxed Dog Podcast. I'm here with Gemma Ford and we're going to talk about Jackpot. Welcome to the show, Gemma. Oh, hello. Thank you for having me on, Rob. And um, hi from the UK. And hope you're all doing well over there. Absolute pleasure. So as per usual, I'm going to ask you to go back in time a little bit to just before you guys met up and lead us into the hows and whys that that happened. Uh, (laughs) Okay, well, I was a dog breeder. And I had the um, pleasure, if you like, of actually putting Jackpot's mum and dad together and he was born. So I've been there um, since day dot and before, which is really quite special. He's looking at me now panting. So if you can hear that panting in the background. Um, yeah. And... When he was born, it wasn't quite plain sailing. Mum took about 48 hours in labour and a lot of that was at the veterinary surgery. And um, Jackpot had, there was a pup just before Jackpot who was actually a breach and it was dead. Mm. Jackpot came out very slowly after that puppy 
And so he wasn't breathing. So it was quite a stressful birth, but we managed to bring him around, you know, lots of rubbings on his chest mm-hmm. to get that heart beating. Um, yeah. And now here he is. So here he is. How many others were in the, in the litter? There were seven live puppies in total. Mm-hmm. So um, they've all gone on to do different things, mostly into the gun dog world. But I kept Jackpot back. There was no real reason why I chose Jackpot. I think he chose me. And I used to let people choose. And then I'd say, I'll have that one there, <laughs> you know, which was fine, which was fine. They were all all brilliant in my eyes. So, um Yes, and he was quite energetic as a little pup. Even at seven weeks, I think he started to stand out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of crazy, excited behaviour. And I thought, you are a little bit different to the others, <laughs> you know, just boundless energy. I yeah. guess we, we should mention what breed is Jackpot. He's an English Springer Spaniel, <laughs> so one of the gun dog hunting breeds, which are energetic anyway, spirited, mm-hmm. spirited dog, you know. Um, yes. And were his mum and dad working dogs or? They were uh, gun dogs, both of them, and one of them was being trained up to trial. Um, so that's quite high standard in that world. Um, the other, she just used to come with me just on regular shoots just to do different things um i'm not really into shooting but i love working the dogs and watching the dogs work and do what they were bred to do it's quite fascinating you know and yeah i think with the gun dogs as well you look at the obedience and you look at how they perform on the field the control that's in that especially when we go into trials it's quite spectacular, you know, having the dog sit as soon as the bird goes up in front of the dog, the dog has to sit without command usually. And then obviously the bird gets shot and then the dog goes and retrieves it all under control of the handler. So I just think that's really interesting. Oh, nice. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So were they, uh, mum and dad, were they the only, were there any other dogs in the household at the time? <laughs> Uh, just a few. Just yeah. a few. Someone reminded me that I had 22 adult dogs at one point. <laughs> so, yeah, there were a few there. Um, however, I lived on a farm, so it was nice and easy, you know, open the door, away we go. Mm-hmm. No leads, nothing like that. It was just um, it was just a fun and a bit of a wildlife for them as well, literally wild. <laughs> okay, so yeah. Jackpot was born into a, a, a decent-sized pack then. Mm, yeah, you could say that, couldn't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I never thought I'd end up with 22 dogs. <laughs> I don't have that many now. But, yeah, that was quite crazy. Mm-hmm. Fun, but crazy. And really interesting, I think, to watch. Because when you just allow them to be dogs, you're seeing them go off hunting. And or if I take it back to when I open the door, they're all winding themselves up. You know, they're getting crazy. They're they're jumping over each other. And apparently the African wild dogs, they do things like that. And it's to get themselves wound up enough to go forward and run after the quarry that they're going to hunt. So, yeah, that's something else as well, because I hear people say, my dog's are a crazy wild thing just as we're going out. Yeah, it's natural. It wants to do that. That's that's, that's an, what they do. That anticipation. 
absolutely you know but it is it's by design you know which i think's quite fascinating but i'm a geek so yeah i i love dog behavior you know yeah oh, but no it was really interesting absolutely it's endless endless knowledge and the 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 more i know the more i know i don't know and there's just so much to learn yeah i'm with you on that and you know you read another book and you you think you have it sussed and then you'll listen to someone else and they bring a whole new perspective and you think i really don't know a lot about this at all <laughs> but that's kind of great isn't it it's fun because you're like okay what can i go and learn next uh, yeah you know and having said mentioned a few times on on different episodes you know just having that different interaction between two species and and how special the, the a human canine bond and and understanding is and 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 also how limited sometimes a communication and interpretation is there uh like i totally agree this isn't related to jackpot but that um thread that you were just mentioning the bond between humans and dogs i think how did that actually happen how did it all start and one of my pups uh, no one of my dogs she came and she put all her puppies on my bed one night and i thought how does that new mother learn that i'm totally trustworthy with her puppies because if that was in the wild there's no way that would have happened mm. And it, that stuff blows my mind to think that yeah. we have this amazing connection, you know, that's developed over years. Yeah, yeah it, it's mind-blowing. <laughs> so when Jackpot, going back to when he was very young, did you form mm -hmm. any special attachments with any, any of the other dogs that you had at your place? And uh, No, actually, Jackpot was very much me. Mum's here, don't care about anything else. Mm -hmm. But he was also a fan of his ball. And you'll find that with the Springer Spaniels and a lot of the working types, you know, collies, it's very much the dog is attached to the handler more so, I think, than other dogs around them, if they have a special bond with the handler, of course. Um, so, yeah, he was just all about me. You know, where are you going today, mum? Let's let's go. Mm -hmm. And... Um, yeah, he used to jump in a bag that I had, a game bag. So it's quite a big <laughs> bag. Um, and I used to walk through town and Jackpot would be sat in the bag, even when he was sort of uh, six, seven weeks old. I was allowed to take him away for the day from mum because he was my dog and I was returning him back to mum. I wouldn't, mm -hmm. by the way, recommend taking puppies away early from mum unless you're in that sort of situation, breeder situation. Um, so yeah, he used to love um, just going to sleep in the bag and all sorts when we were out and about. Okay, yeah, is, he didn't. Is there anything behind his name? Jackpot. <laughs> yes, there is. Now, <laughs> um, okay, so we had. Do you know Lalandi trees? Those big, tall uh, fir trees. Yeah, I think so. Vaguely familiar. Yeah, they grow to about forty foot. And we had 40 of those chopped down. So it filled the front field. And I threw the ball and it, it went into that cluster of trees. And I think, yeah, he was 14 weeks old at that time. 
And he spent so long searching for a tennis ball. Bearing in mind, I wanted to train him as a gun dog at that point. Now he spent, I, I forget, I think it was about 40 minutes searching for that tennis ball. This is just a little 14-week-old mm. puppy. To have that tenacity to be bashing through all the branches of the trees and jumping over things, I thought, well, I said, I've really hit the jackpot with you. And it stuck. Uh, so, yeah, there like is a it. reason for that name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it, it just stuck. And it, it's so different as well, isn't it? But, yeah, yeah, that's where that came from. Nice. And nice to identify that, that persistence when you're so young. Mm, oh yeah that was special to me I hadn't seen that before um yeah but th- he does love his ball <laughs> I think he heard me say the word tennis ball yeah, yeah, he's that yeah. smart he, he's like, oh, where? <laughs> looking around you actually started trembling now haven't you <laughs> go and lie down <laughs> relate to the the tennis ball a bit um we've got a a, a Doberman girl She's almost eight now, and we can walk off in a bit of the state forest that is not far from our place, and she'll duck off into the bush or the grass and come back with a, with a ball in her mouth. And it's there's, where do you find th- that? <laughs> in, yeah. There's no one around here. People don't play tennis with a tennis ball in the bush, and it's like you no, anyway. <laughs> but it happened. Oh, no, it's brilliant. See, I think Jackpot has a bit of a sideline. Um, he has discovered that around the tennis courts on one of our walks, obviously people lose their tennis balls. <laughs> so, you know, he, he's just up on the, on the hedge bringing me back balls that I really don't need or want. You mm-hmm. know, I end up going home with about six in my pockets and that's with the balls I've already got. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, but we actually donate those to one of the local charities. No, yeah. So he goes <laughs> off and finds them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so at going back again, what you were training or had the, the vision that he was going to be a gun dog? Mm-hmm. Did you sort of, did that sort of switch early on or how far down the road did that go? Um, we probably went for a couple of years that way. Okay. Yep. Um, and I'm not into rushing training, so I'm very much like, let's just try and listen to what the dog's really saying. Mm-hmm. And I'll just do a little bit here and then think, is that working? Um, and it was working, you know, he was coming out with me going on shoots and he was, it was a good dog for the gun dog world. But there was something niggling me in the back of my mind. And I thought, I think he's a little bit different. Um, And I don't know that this dog might not make some kind of sniffer dog because of his love for this tennis ball. I mean, that was overriding everything else, you know. Um, And I had friends who were in the industry, who were in the military and um, some were ex-police too. And I was talking to them and they said, give it a go. Mm-hmm. So it was something I'd always wanted to do, but never really knew how to do it. And I had this dog. So that was it. Jackpot's, um, that was Jackpot's beginning into his journey as an explosive detection dog. 
Okay. Yeah. So prior to that, did they didn't didn't really do any sort of nose work type activities or? No. Well, obviously the gun dog training, you are searching for something. It's just we're teaching them to search for something else. Mm-hmm. You know, two different two different things. But um, yeah, it's it's not entirely different, but it is totally different mm-hmm. because the environments tend to be different, but there are similar veins. You know, they're searching either for birds and bunnies or bed bugs and bombs, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but yes, it, it was just, we just had to change, you know, what, what things meant, what the different training words meant for him. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah. How do you go with the, the that sort of transition? He did really well. He did really well. Um, he's quite a confident dog and he was able to just walk into buildings with me. He, In fact, he actually went off to be trained by somebody else to begin with, but they said he's not going to do it. Um, <laughs> and what it was, he didn't want to work for them. Mm-hmm. He just, he's a mummy's boy. So, um, <laughs> yeah, but, um, no, I, they said they tried lots of different things, but he just wasn't comfortable with doing it. Mm-hmm. But, um, he gets a lot of his confidence from me. So I was able to then take him into that environment and he performed what he was supposed to do. So yeah, it, there was a little bit of a, a bumpy transition um, but I'm glad he decided not to work for them because now he's my boy and, um, yeah, yeah. As an exclusive Special working lad. contract. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> work for what he's, he's a diva dog, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> so at what age was he when he did that transition over? Uh, he was four at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, only four years old, which is for some, that's quite late to get into it. But, you know, it was all new for both of us. So, yeah. Oh, nice. And can you tell us uh, about the early sort of sort of stages in, in training or a few of the differences? I, I, uh, a few of the differences, what, between the gun dog and yes. the, or, yep. yeah. Okay. Um, for me, like as a gun dog trainer, I always use a tennis ball. And even when the dogs are out, say, trialing or something like that, in their heads, they are searching for a tennis ball. So in that respect, it's not much different. You know, we have exercises where we'll throw the ball into the ground. We might pick the dog up and turn them around just to confuse them a little bit and then send them off to go and find it. And it's not much different when you go into the detection side you are throwing the ball into the environment just into a building or something so in that sense there isn't much difference um but there is one major difference and that is we don't want the dog to go and retrieve (laughs) when they're a detection dog you know (laughs) we just want you to tell us it's there and then come back to us thank you very much um and obviously with the gun dogs they are they're bringing back pheasants and partridge bunnies whatever but no this is completely different so the training there does differ because we teach them to indicate rather than bring it back okay thankfully 
<laughs> so when he was still doing the gun dog stuff with you, did he ever bring back something interesting that maybe he wasn't supposed to or? Yeah, all the time, even when he wasn't doing the training. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, they, they've all gone into, we lived on a farm, so they all used to go digging in the hedges and um, they'd find, you know, rabbit nests or something. Um, the worst one for me with Jackpot was when he actually swallowed a frog and brought it back up the next day. <laughs> that, that was not pleasant. <laughs> uh, it's going to preempt. I, I, actually, I'll ask it now. I don't know. <laughs> I, I usually ask all my guests to complete the sentence, I can't believe my dog ate and... That could well be the answer, I think. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, there is that. (laughs) I can't believe my dog ate a frog. (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) At least there wasn't any sort of like too too much negative consequence for for him anyway. (laughs) No, no, just for me. (laughs) Although he didn't want to go near it again. And he did see another frog out and about one day and he sniffed it and then walked away. (laughs) Mm Yeah, but um, no, interesting things. No, definitely the frog was an interesting thing to Mm. bring back. Mm. Do you have the toxic (laughs) frogs over there? Uh, Not really. I believe that some toads can be a a little bit poisonous, um, but no, no, we're quite lucky over here. Things are relatively safe. Yeah, we've got um, a few things and we've got the, the cane toads, which are really big. Yeah sort of things but um somewhere in my head is like someone saying that their dog started to lick the the cane toads and it was doing something that the dogs enjoyed <laughs> i don't know oh right okay <laughs> how strange i don't know if they were i don't know hallucinogenic or doing anything with it but yeah could well do i mean it's a toxin so i can yeah i can't quite think of the details to that, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, dogs will be dogs. So how was he with, uh, have any other sort of uh, like stock or wildlife on the on the farm and interactions with other species? Um, yes, obviously we had cattle and sheep on the farm. He was fine until they came over to him and then he stands his ground and he says, move away back off, just back off and leave me alone. <laughs> um, yeah, so he Jack puts fine as long as things ignore him. But yeah, when they come over and make a play, then he, he says, no, I don't like you. Just please leave me alone. Give me some space. You mm. know, <laughs> diva coming through. <laughs> yeah. Is that with any, oh, you like. with other dogs as well or was that all right? No, no, he's he's all he's mostly all right. Sometimes um, he was attacked when he was younger, and I think it's left little marks on his brain. Um, but yeah, sometimes with other male dogs, he can be a bit of a, a bruiser, <laughs> to say the least. Um, especially, I have his brother as well, and his brother detects bug bugs and. They don't really get on very well, you know. <laughs> okay. I, I, 
that's my mum, that's my mum, back off. I've got this thing as well that they have these little arguments between them, you know, like when I hear them both growling, one saying, well, I'm really hard because I go and detect um, explosives. Yeah. It, you, you know, you just, you just sit around in hotels all day and now the other one's going, well, who's the stupid one? You know, you could get yourself killed and yeah, I get steak dinners. You know? <laughs> Interesting. So, yeah, that, that's what goes through my head. Mm-hmm. That's how I deal with their, their grumbles with each other. <laughs> but yeah, it's quite funny. I mean, having life on the farm would be pretty awesome for the for the dogs. But did um, did you take jackpot and travelling anywhere, or did you have any favourite spots outside of the farm? Yeah, he's definitely a beach lover, mm-hmm. just like his uh, just like his real dog mum as well. Um, anywhere that they can dig, you know, they absolutely love to dig these guys, and. Um, you'll see them snuffling along. So I take them to the beach so that they can just really work yeah. work their magic and, you know, dig holes down down to Australia, as they <laughs> say. Um, <laughs> you know, um, so yeah, if they, if I can stop them from digging in my garden, then the beach is the best option and they, they love going for a swim. Um, they like, I mean, they love going walking on the moorlands as well. We have mm-hmm. lots of moors around here, so wild open spaces. Um, we have nice rambles. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Anywhere they can just be free. Be free. Mm-hmm. And guessing beach, they come home a bit cleaner than they do rambling around in the, in the marshlands. Yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely. Like in the UK as well, if we have to spend eight months caked in mud and with a Springer Spaniel with all their shaggy coats. Uh, yeah, they, the beach is a far better option. <laughs> yeah. How's you yeah. go at, um, do you have bath time? <laughs> yeah. He actually loves a paddling pool. So I'm quite lucky because I just hmm. put the paddling pool out and he mm-hmm. goes and baths off like that. Yeah. I mean, they don't like bath time, but they're like, <laughs> okay, we'll have to deal with it. I think what they don't like is really like the smell of the shampoos and things, all the chemicals in those. Mm-hmm. They're a bit sensitive, you know. Um, I don't know about you, but with my dogs, I've only got to say open the flea treatment, and they're they're in the other room hiding under the table. That that's not going near us. No, we don't want that. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, very very clever noses there, haven't they? They. But do. yeah, they don't like the shampoos. And all the all the different things. Just, I have this cherry blossom spray that I spray on them. <laughs> yeah. They don't like that. Like either. <laughs> no. Oh, that's out again. It's kind of thing. If there was a, a, a like a poo and mud flavored, you know, or, or a, a scented shampoo, then they'd be all the totally into it. <laughs> hey, that's not a bad idea, but that wouldn't work for us. No. <laughs> no, they'd be totally all over that. <laughs> Well, if what do you reckon? Poo got, shampoo. Yeah, 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 got rid of the bad stuff, and it was just the odor. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not down with that. I'm afraid. <laughs> I'll leave that to someone else. <laughs> but I, I, cherry blossom. That's fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> poo. No, that's not cool. <laughs> oh, um, <clears throat> so, jackpot. Going into the phase where he's now training for bomb detection. 
Yeah. What was the sort of initial challenges, like searching rooms and and instead of sort of wading and, say, in the wild, having an idea of seeing where uh, a bird is to retrieve, not having a, a target to, to see and actually having a multiple areas to search to find something? How did, how did you go getting into that? I mean, when we first start the dogs, we put them on the odour, so they learn to recognise the odour first. And they then understand that each time they smell that odour, they get their tennis ball or whatever reward that might be. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever their favourite thing is, favourite food. Um and then we go, we'll just hide that a little bit out of distance. And so that association, oh, that smells there. And then tennis ball appears, you know. Mm-hmm. So we just build it up really gently. Um, and, yeah, then, then you get to see the incredible noses that they have. Mm. Because, like as you say, you know, they're not, um, they're not looking for something. They're actually having to use their nose, which is, uh, yeah, again, that's something else that blows my mind. Um, I probably take it a bit for granted at times, you know, when you're just doing your job and and then you think, no, actually there is something really incredible. We train them um, to, we put stickers in with the explosives and that what happens there is the odour essentially impregnates the sticker mm-hmm. and then we'll hide the sticker and your dog can detect, you know, this trace odour on the sticker, which is, so we know they're not using their eyes for definite. Um, yes, because some of them do get switched on. If you keep using the same containers, they'll soon learn to look for the container. Okay. You know, yeah. So that's why we, we test them out with stickers and all, all kinds of different things as well that they might not recognise by sight, but they know it by smell. Mm. Yeah. Yes, very clever. <laughs> yeah. And so did that sort of like progress to like a, a formal sort of like, is it a like a, a military type training or a police type training? I was or? trained... Yeah, I mean, I was trained by military. Some people are trained by um, ex-police dog handlers, and um, but mine was quite military-based, but for the um, civilian world, if you like. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's ever so slightly different. Um, the military dogs, you know, um, they're often doing quite different things, but ours is very much urban environments. Um, and... Um, we then get, we go through that. It's only a four week course and you go through that. So it's not very long at all. That just gives you, it's essentially like a a driving license. You've got your very basic knowledge, very basic experience, Mm -hmm. and then you have to train, keep up that training. Um, And again, living on the farm, that was really good because I was able to, keep jackpots training up with all the buildings and things like that that were there, Um, which is really important for the dogs, isn't it? Because if you stop training at any point and they'll soon forget, forget what it is that they were trained for, Mm. you know? Um, But yeah, you you get a a formal qualification 
that allows you to go and um, find work over here. Okay. Yeah. And is there many sort of dogs that, that, that get that qualification from a civilian point? It's, there, there are. Like, there's a surprising number of um, dogs and the handlers out there in the civilian world. Um, but I guess it's still a very niche thing, you know, compared mm. to the number of dogs that are owned in the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And certainly you wouldn't be putting every dog into that because they're just not cut out um, for, you know, these dogs have to work quite long hours. So they need to have the drive or the determination to keep going in all kinds of weathers as well, you know, and they need to want to be doing something all the time. Yeah. Are you able to say if he's had any important fines? Uh, n- no, nope. I can't say anything. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, um, but obviously we train them all the time, mm-hmm. you know. Um, in fact, to keep them motivated uh, with the training, we put out fines every day when we're at work because it's something for them. They need to, they need to be rewarded. No one wants to go to work for nothing, do they? <laughs> no, no. You know, there's got to be to something paid. in it for you. <laughs> yeah. Even if you look at voluntary work, that person is finding, helping others, um, reinforcing. So dogs are no different, you know. Um, Yeah. So about like travelling, do you have to, are you called to travel uh, any sort of like reasonably far distances or just? Um, A lot of the work that we do is based, say, in London. There are other major cities, um, but predominantly London. And I'm based down in Devon these days, so that's only about uh, three and a half hours away. So okay. it's not too, too far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not, not compared to uh, the travelling distances in Oz. Hey, <laughs> yeah. A little bit bigger. <laughs> three and a half hours is like local. Yeah. <laughs> really local, you know. So that, that to me is halfway up the country. But yeah, <laughs> so- tiny island. When Jackpot travels, does he travel in a crate or is he in the car? Yeah, um, our working dogs, they have to be in special crates that uh, say, for example, his is crash tested. You want to look after them, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, they have special crates and actually these boys are quite good, although Jackpot will be there panting away like, we're going, we're going, we're going. So yeah, but he's really quiet. I'm, I'm lucky in that respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he he travels well then. <laughs> yeah, he does. Not like some of them who will howl the whole way. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So you That's mentioned funny. some uh, some days are long. Are you able to say one of the longest days that he's had to actually be sort of like on duty? Yeah, that was um, when you have in the private world, we're given um, two dogs usually, but some venues you can only take one dog. So that was a 10 hour shift with one dog. Mm-hmm. You and know, you cycle, him, going. cycle him on and off during that time. If you're working with another dog, but if you only have that one dog, um, yeah, you do give them breaks. You know, they can't. 
when they're actively searching, they can only use their noses for about 20 minutes at a time. So let's suppose we've just said, like, off you go, go and seek on. Then we can only expect them to work for 20 minutes because what happens is all those membranes in the nose, they get quite dry and they need to rehydrate, you know, they need a break. Um, so, yeah, on an active search, they'll only be expected to work 20 minutes at a time. But a lot of what we do is visual deterrent. So it's much like seeing um, a police officer walking down the street. They're not actually working. They're not running after anyone. They're there just to um, put people's minds at ease that, you know, we're here to keep you safe. Absolutely. And this stuff's going on. Yeah. And I guess the more that people see that the, that dogs are out working in that environment, uh, I guess it may stop some people from then wanting to do something because it's like, ah, the dog will just find it anyway. There's no point. We'll do something else. Yeah. You're absolutely right. We've seen, um, haven't we, how terrorists have changed their tactics, you know. So um, bomb dogs, if you like, for want of a better word, they do do their job. You know, it stops those terrorists from using bombs so frequently. Mm. Um, is that line of work for jackpot keeping you very busy or just busy? No, it, it does usually. Obviously, COVID, where people, um, because much of the work that we do is for um, corporate clients, mm -hmm. you know, so you might have um, international banks, that kind of thing, investment bankers. Um, obviously, with them now working from home, there isn't the call for that just now. When the events start kicking off again, then... Um, it will be a completely different story. And yes, you certainly can keep busy doing that. It's a full-time job. Mm. You know, yeah. <laughs> and it, it does depend on the nature of the contract you've got. Some will be five days a week. Other places need you for six or seven days of the week. Okay. Obviously on a rotate, rotational basis. So not every handler is working seven days a week. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it just varies, varies on the needs of the client. Okay. Um mentioned quite a few times he obviously loves a tennis ball. What other games does he like to play? <laughs> what games do you like? <laughs> uh, it, it, it's digging. Digging is definitely his big thing. Um, yeah, if you can call that a game. <laughs> digging for mice or rats. <laughs> um, that That's his game. Um, hmm, you did have a really embarrassing habit. Uh, can we call humping legs a game? <laughs> Maybe a game for jackpot. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Um, but no, uh, he'll, we do all sorts together. You know, jackpot, like he loves to learn. He loves to work. Mm -hmm. So I suppose, is it games? Not really. It's Most people would call it training, but it's training games. So we'll spend hours a day doing different things. Um, you know, like nose touches to the hands or recall games, that kind of thing, because training never stops. Oh, absolutely. And I know sometimes people have this um, mental barrier when you say train your dog or 
train your dog to do tricks or and there's people like well, I don't want my why do I need to give my dog you know tricks or what does that do and I like to try and tell people it's not you're labeling a word it's it's if you think of enrichment or just fulfillment you know it's yeah. like okay your kids kids go to kids go to school and they learn they learn things dogs learn yeah. things and they need to do things so that they're happy, Absolutely. so that they're not going to get sidetracked and get bored and do the things that you don't want them to do. You're absolutely right. And, you know, the other thing, we've all got these brains, haven't we? And most our of, brains, most of us, brains. Mine's a bit dodgy, yeah. I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know, I know that feeling. But, <laughs> but, you know, the more the brain learns, the more it wants to learn. Mm. And not only is it good on a sort of biological level, but it's also, it's, it's creating bonds between you, isn't it? It's yes, strengthening that's... that relationship. And, you know, to say, I don't want to do it, but you're missing out on this connection that you can have with them. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I love that train. You, you just said that because the more that you, you do with your dog, the more they value the relationship. And again, the the more they yeah. value, the more they want to please, the less that they want to displease. <laughs> exactly that. The more good things they do, the yes. less bad things they're going to yeah. do. And it's just, it's tools in your toolbox, isn't it? Oh, my dog's doing that. But I know how to stop him because I can do something else with him right now. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, uh, definitely. Definitely. I, I'm a big fan of training, but mm -hmm. Yeah. So, for all sorts of reasons. How old is Jackpot now? Well, Jackpot is coming up to seven. Um, so yeah. at the end of May, he's seven years old. Um, but I would say he still acts like a three or four year old. Yeah. <laughs> <Could> relate to <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <clears throat> people say, oh, you know, when do they settle down? No, he definitely hasn't. You know, he still wants to be going and doing things. Yeah. Uh, it's probably a bit too early, but is there a plan for his professional retirement from when he's going to be? I think it's like anything, isn't it? You you judge your dog. It's, for example, the worst part of dog ownership is putting them to sleep. We just know when it's time. Um, when he tells me I'm not interested in this or, you know, let's suppose his body starts failing him, then that's when I'll retire him. You know, if I think he's uncomfortable, then it's time to stop. But for now, he's going to continue, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does he sort of have any other, any sort of weird habits? I mean, the, the digging and the other stuff, that's sort of their normal dog's things, but. Anything out of the ordinary you can think of? Anything out of the ordinary? <laughs> no, unless it's when he's sleeping on my bed and every time he sleeps on my bed, he has to kiss my face at night. And I mean, full on. There is no escaping that. <laughs> you know, but I think that's just his way of saying, I'm really happy to be here right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm really, you know, loving it. So, so for some people that might be odd, but for me, like, you can kiss me. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so has he always sort of slept on your bed? Uh, well, when I was on the farm and when we were working full-time somewhere, he was in kennels. 
I'm not a fan of kennels. I have my reasons for not liking them. And so <laughs> when I – can you hear him? Yeah, he doesn't, like that. he doesn't like kennels I either, I think. He doesn't like them. No, he really doesn't. Um, so, yeah, since he's been living indoors with me, yeah, he sleeps on the bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, again, for me, it's only – it's strengthened things. And he's a much more confident dog because of it. Uh, people – I think think that dog has to stay in the crate downstairs. Can't can't be. Well, the dog doesn't want to be away from you, mm. even if you put the crate next to your bed. You know mm-hmm. that's how they were designed. To they want to sleep with their pack, and that helps them feel good inside. You know, it mm. brings security and comfort. So yeah, so, I, I will always have dogs in my bed. I think I just hint heard you say dogs because I was going to ask is he the only one. <laughs> Yeah, we've got his brother Rupert, and um, yeah, the bed bug detection dog, which is great because I can safely say so. that my house is clear of bed bugs. <laughs> and do you know what? Every night, without even asking, he's like, "I'm just going to check the bed, mum." <laughs> Thanks. <Nice. laughs> so he goes around sniffing everywhere. You know, yeah, it, it's funny. It's funny. Um, in an old house, I used to live. Uh, I just moved in and I was sat down and he started climbing up onto the bench and doing his stuff. And I thought, what are you doing here? (laughs) And then he said, there's something there. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So obviously that problem was treated, but it's quite handy. Mm -hmm. I think a bed bug's a problem in, in Australia. Um, just trying to think. Maybe in some sort of like establishments, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's often where there's foreign travel because obviously, um, yeah, lots of people bring them in unknowingly because yeah, they love warmer the- countries. But I think they're big in Europe, you know. They're quite a big problem in Europe. Off the top of my head, I don't know if we have um, bed bug detection dogs in, in something like Sydney. Um, we may have, I'm not aware of it, but yeah, interesting. It is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's a new job for you. Other than that, another line of work. <laughs> yeah. And they, um, they use them in care homes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and hospitals. It's another place, but yeah, anywhere where you get lots of people staying. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. And, there's a lot of different aged care places. There'd be regular contracts to come through, and yep, mm. yep, and, and hotels. The- I mean, it's not a bad life. <laughs> 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 and the dogs get treated so well as well. You know, they're searching these top hotels. Some of them, and they're like, "Oh, does the dog want this? Does the dog want that?" And they're being served gourmet food. You know, forget the handler. Just let's worry <laughs> about the dog. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, that does make me laugh. Has Jackpot and the other dogs' diets did they have they changed much from being earlier on in life on the on the farm and and where you are now? Well, they don't get to eat as many rabbits as they used to eat on the farm. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that that was that was their highlight. Um, but I yeah, I probably feed. Um, much more sort of, I incorporate lots more human safe foods. I've always been into that and not limiting dogs to 
bags of dog food because at the end of the day, they're they're scavengers. They came to live amongst humans to pick up the pieces that we didn't eat. So that's how I look at it. You know, we don't have to be restrictive with them. Um, But here, Jackpot now probably eats a lot more fruit than he ever used to eat. Um, And I find that he loves to eat. If I'm eating, Jackpot's like, what have you got? (laughs) And again, I'm I'm happy to share what I have with them. You know, that doesn't bother me. Um, So he's very much encouraged and inspired to eat the things I eat. He'll even eat plates of like roasted vegetables that's one of his favorites mm-hmm. but bananas blueberries raspberries strawberries he's loving it all yeah I'll, yeah so blueberries are super well superfoods for us and they're superfoods for dogs but i don't know all that many people that feed blueberries to their dogs but they should be <laughs> <gasps> totally and you know like find out what your dog wants to eat <laughs> Because they'll tell you, Mm -hmm. you know, be guided by them. And um, yeah, but there's so many different things out there that we can give them rather than, as I said, like the boxes of, or the bags of food. It's just like eating a box of cereal forever, isn't it? (laughs) That must be so boring. I'm not going to go down the road and discuss (laughs) (laughs) kibble because, uh, yeah, I don't feed it. And <laughs> no, okay, interesting. So, yeah, and look, and, and I understand there's no. reasons why people do, of course, but yeah. from whatever thing that I've learned about it, it's a choice that uh, I've made, and we don't. <laughs> so, no, I know I, I agree. I mean, feed what you want to feed, but feed other stuff too. Oh, absolutely, That's, yeah, you know, at least, I, at least I be di- diverse, dogs. yep. Yeah, that's it. For me, like my boys, they're not really keen on raw um, for whatever reason. Maybe they had a bad experience with it and made them sick. So they just, they have some kibble, but they also have lots of other stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But yeah. Um, no, he definitely loves his fruit and veg now. Uh, yes. Good, <laughs> yeah, supplemented with, with a whole lot of other different things. And, and you're right, mm. who, who wants to eat the same thing? morning and night every day <laughs> they, they've well, got they taste buds do they? No. yeah i mean oh man you think about all the things they eat when when you just allow them to be dogs and mm. sit back and watch them and you know oh jackpot's mum she ate a lovely rotting fish from the <laughs> harbor and oh oh that was disgusting you know but they want to eat it they want to eat rotting seagulls that's another thing. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever smelled a rotting seagull? Don't don't smell it. It stinks. <laughs> um, but apparently the dogs don't think it stinks. Uh, they they yeah. like it. <laughs> Have a nice roll in it as well, I bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all of it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, when you've got 22 dogs and you live on a farm where there's all sorts of wildlife, oh. <laughs> you come back for some lovely smells. So how, how many are you down to now? Is it? I've only got two only living got with two, me. Yep. Um, three live on the farm. Work took me to another place. I had to, um, you know, move away. And so the dogs, I found them all really lovely homes. Um, and I, I wanted that for them as well. As I said, I wanted to get the dogs out of the kennels so that they could go and have cuddles and keep their tootsies warm by the fire in the winter. <laughs> 
you know for me it's really important that they have that and um, mm-hmm. they have lots of individual love as well you know how does jackpot andy's brother go with the seasonal changes there um in terms of you know whether they like the hot weather and things yeah hot and cold weather and, yeah. and also part b will be do you think that the uh, the extremes of like summer and winter affect in different ways the, their jobs mm, yeah um okay so in terms of just their their preference to the seasons i think jackpot is a he's loves the spring you know that's when he feels most comfortable but because he's Rupert, a springer spaniel sorry (laughs) yeah you got it in there um and he gets quite cold over winter you Mm -hmm. know he shivers a lot because he's got a really fine coat but um rupert on the other hand he is a winter dog you know give him snow give him all of that but summer i'm really struggling here so um rupert for example he you need to keep his coat nicely clipped because when they're working in buildings um he's gonna get hot Jackpot, he has such a fine coat that it doesn't matter. And, um, you know, we often provide them water to go and splash him when they get too hot, things like that. So there's plenty of opportunities. But, yeah, um, some extremes are pretty hard to work in. When you're outside in the snow and the wind, that's not nice. Um but then you wrap them up in a coat, don't you? <laughs> they, they like being wrapped up in coats. Um, <laughs> he does. Um, I am very much keep it not like into dressing dogs up and things, but when it comes to keeping them warm while they're working, it, mm-hmm. I think it's really important. Um, and yeah, in the summer, we, we had some really hot summers working and that that was tough going, you know. Um, one place I worked on the yard it was like 43 degrees now for the uk that is extreme Mm, mm -hmm. you know we we don't do those temperatures um but in the center of london where you've got all the concrete it does get really hot so yeah he spent most of the shift in the paddling pool i think he was happy about that (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) yes um he said i don't want to work now i'll just go and lounge in the pool you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) What's their favourite spot to relax in at home now? Yeah, on my bed or on the sofa, mm-hmm. definitely. Or if we're out in the garden, they just love to – anywhere that's near me, near my feet. <laughs> you know, yeah, mm-hmm. wherever mum is, we are. Oh. That, that's where they want to be. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for sharing part of the jackpot's life so it's been a very interesting conversation is there um do you want to let people know any of your social contacts in case they want to follow what you do or see more about jackpot more than welcome (laughs) um i'm on linkedin under Gemma ford and i'm often sharing uh different things about jackpot and his brother or the work i do as a dog trainer as well so, um, yeah, we're there. Or we're on Facebook under Zuri Dog K9. Um, so, yeah, again, we, we try and keep people interested and entertained with what we're up to. Obviously, we can't, with the nature of the work we do, we're not allowed to share pictures and videos of what they're up to. Mm-hmm. But certainly you can see some of the dog things they do. 
I was just going um, to ask if, if there are any sort of specific things uh, or a, a specific a specific niche that you're training dogs for. Yeah, my, my thing is nose work. Um, I'm a big fan of nose work in the pet dog world. That's um, it. Dogs, do you know, did you know that like they can detect the equivalent of one teaspoon of sugar mm. in an Olympic sized swimming pool of water? So yes. not many <laughs> pet dog owners appreciate that. And um, you're like, guys, if they have that power, how much energy will it use to, you know, um, get those little particles of scent into something that the brain recognises. That's going to that's gonna help your dog's tire out, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And- so that's, um, yeah, that's what we do, the nose work. Again, that's back on our website and things, um, um, Zuri Dog Canine. Really enjoying that that's sort of hasn't been around for all that long but it's something that's really taking off in a lot of places and, and dogs everywhere are better for it. Oh, they are. They, you're giving them a job. I mean, um, another thing I think that people don't often appreciate is that the dog is a predator. It's a hunter. It needs to use that nose. And if you don't, you're going to get loads of problem behaviours. So, yeah, channel that energy. Use the nose. <laughs> Thank you again. It's been a truly enjoyable conversation. I look forward to catching up later on sometime. Thanks very much, Rob. You take care now. Thank you very much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the show. If you did, why not tell a friend? And if you really enjoyed the show, feel free to leave a review on whatever application you are listening to it on. Until next week, stay safe and remember, your dog is family. 